this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, it's another one of our patron-selected episodes where we dive into a record that we have not heard usually we've been we've been on a good streak of that happening recently of yeah. stuff coming at us and we're like what is this okay yeah, sure th- yeah the patron picks tend to be like that i think that's why uh they're fun yeah they're st- they're usually stuff that you and i would not have never either didn't know or just would never think to pick so joining so. us this week from the empire state my old stomping grounds Although in a completely different part of the state. Eric Norlander. Welcome, Eric. Thank you very much, guys. Tell everyone the album you have selected and why you picked it. So my selection is by a band named uh, Hank Dogs, and the album is Bareback. And, and why did you pick this record? So this is a record, I don't know if, if you guys remember, you know, back in the 90s, maybe it carried into the early 2000s, there was the uh, College Music Journal, CMJ. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. And I subscribed to their magazine. They sent out a sampler with every issue. Every year, I think they had a, a festival in, you know, New York City. Um, and Hank Dogs was one of the bands featured on one of their samplers. And at the time, well, I don't know about at the time, but just in general, I've always enjoyed uh british music everything from the smiths on through you know what have you and uh uh, british folk was something i think around that time i had discovered through some you know music friends nick drake and things like that and so when i heard the hank dogs for the first time it just fell right into that pocket and it just you know I found it really captivating, and I immediately sought out the album, and it's stuck with me since then. Okay. Jay, had you heard the Hank Dogs previously? No. And I have to say, like, it's interesting because the name and the album cover really don't clue you in. I mean, they clue you in, in into certain things that aren't necessarily 90s or... Um, location you know you kind of get a genre mm-hmm. uh, but other than that you don't get a whole lot of information uh to the to the backstory that eric just kind of went through with the band so interesting well there's also an interesting aspect of this band which is the lineup so this is a three-piece it's uh guitarist and singer andy allen um his ex-wife Piano Pace is her name. She does is. She play, does she play the piano um, on the album? 
<laughs> I would have to check the credits, but yeah, I I, I, I hope so. Them live. I saw them live twice in New York City in those days, and I, I don't remember piano playing the piano on stage. I hmm. kind of remember them standing there all singing, you know, in a, in a line next to each other, but uh, I'm not sure on the album. Um, and then his daughter, Lily Ramona, from a from his ex-wife and it's not piano's daughter and she is the drummer i believe and she also everybody sings in this band uh so yeah (laughs) so she must and then so piano must be playing a number of different instruments like there's a lot of there's uh, some stringed instruments and there's some piano and and um yeah i'm just can observe the two women on the album cover look very similar. <laughs> Not related. Yeah. But they have the same kind of look. Right. Dower English folk look. Is that what the. Well, well like same haircut. Right. Like, right. Similar clothes. To be fair, that picture from what I've seen, it's a little like washed out a little bit. So. The woman who's in the middle, you can't quite make out her features of her face. It's a little, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little mm-hmm. bright. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> in the photo, they could be sisters, as well, twin sisters is what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> For the quality I'm looking at here. You know, uh, if I could just mention their second album, I think they only ever made two albums. I have right. them. And their, their second album, Half Smile, I think it's called. The family picture on the cover of that has... I believe what was then Andy and Piano's daughter themselves. Now, I don't know if that little child actually is on the album. Again, I don't remember, but she is on the album cover. So in between the two albums, they obviously had a kid of their own, or maybe they had the kid during Bareback, but she was not in the band. So this album came out, we're talking about, which is Bareback, came out in 1999. If you go to Spotify, it's incorrectly identified as a 2000 album. So just so you were, this album was produced by Joe Boyd. Joe Boyd is an American producer who worked on albums by such artists as Fairport Convention, Richard Thompson, Nick Drake, Sandy Denny, Billy Bragg, R.E.M., Pink Floyd. So a pretty, pretty, you know, long and very full career in terms of uh, being involved with many, many different artists, many of whom you could see why he would work with this art, with this, you know, group in comparison to some of the previous artists in his resume. And I didn't mention, but they were from uh, London, England. Let's get into some of the comments over at our Patreon page. Keith Sawyer says, nice to see this pop up. Thumbs up, Eric. While it looks like a modern country LP from the cover, it's actually an impressively accurate Brit folk knockoff that wouldn't be out of place on a 70s era FM playlist. Some dark lyrical content content adds even more spice to the stew. Vocals are a little uneven, but don't distract from the quality of the overall package. Okay, so some positive comments there. Uh, Steven Musinski said, I gave it the old college try, guys. I made it through the first six songs, which isn't even the halfway point on the album. That's true. It's 15 songs. Um, and while I don't necessarily hate it by any means, this just this just isn't scratching any itches for me. I'll listen to the review and hope you all call out songs you liked most, and then I'll go back and try again. 
And then Phil Fleming said, I made it through the whole album. It did nothing for me. Jeremy Amen said, musically, I can't quite put a finger on exactly what they're reminding me of, but I hear a little bit of the Connells, Edie Brickell, Simon Garfunkel, and Richard Thompson, to name a few. I like some of the dark lyrics, and there's some really nice acoustic guitar work in there as well. They just seem to be stuck in one gear. I understand they probably want to record something they could reproduce live, but it would have been nice to hear a little more adventurous production, maybe some more keyboards, piano, maybe some more dynamics, as the kids say. Also, I'm not usually one to complain about a long album, but they could have trimmed some fat here. I feel like if I heard this at the right time, it might I might be more open to enjoying it throughout, but it's just not seemingly like a worthy album yet. I'll give it a better EP. Of course, this is all coming from someone who thinks Godfather is a masterpiece, so maybe <laughs> I'm just full of shit. Also, hey, welcome, Jeremy. Jeremy's one of our latest folks to join our Patreon community. He joined us at the uh, 1950 level, which we greatly appreciate. Jeremy's going to be picking a record. He is. No pressure. No pressure. Um, and then we also need to welcome Chris. We have, a, uh, I think it's Chris Hill is, is his name. Uh, at the $2 level, welcome, Chris. Hope you get some comments in there on some future uh, some future episodes. And um, we might be hearing, I'm just going to say, we might be hearing from Jeremy soon because Jeremy had a lot to say about our next roundtable. And yep. I, I told him, dude, you told me you, you, you wrote so much. I'm not going to repeat all that. So just come onto the show and you can just say it all. <laughs> That's the way to get yourself on the show. That's just like, write a long comment. Just, yeah. But Tim will be overwhelmed and just say, you know what? I looked at come it. On. I would have spent the first 20 minutes repeating all of his comments. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to have him come on. Yeah. show. To, to okay. be honest, we like getting for when we do our round tables, we like to get. A patron like on to, as well. If well we, we want can. them to be round, nice and round. We right. don't want a triangle. Sure. We don't want a square. We want a nice round table. Exactly. Exactly. Let's get into this record. Bareback, nineteen ninety nine, by Hank Dogs. Jay, tell me one thing you liked about this record. I like the concept. Um, I like the idea of, you know, playing in this um, acoustic, folky, a little bit country. It, it, you know, it's all the, it's like splitting the difference between American folk, which has kind of become, you know, some form of country music or flavor of that. And then maybe more European folk music. I think that idea is really, really cool. Um, I think there's some, uh, I like the vocals a lot. There's really cool guitar work on the record, uh, mostly acoustic, but there are some mixed in guitar uh, electrics um, here and there. Conceptually, it's very consistent. Like they have a sound, they have a concept that they're going for. Um, they stay true to that. You know, the record is very much. You know, if you listen to track one, you get some different flavors here and there. But for the most part, they know who they want to be and they know the kind of record they want to make and their sound. So I appreciate that. So I, th I think conceptually, it's it's really uh, intriguing and well thought out and, and, and put together. Like, I think this is it feels like this is the kind of record they wanted to make and they were capable of making it and they were able to stick with it and make it. Um, so from that, I dig it. Yeah. One of the things I really like about this record is it is folk in the most traditional sense of it being yep. 
traditional English folk and, and mentioning Fairport Convention and and Richard Thompson and even stuff like Pentangle and some other ones, it really draws on that sound, which when done well, which they do on parts of this record where there's like a darkness and the, and the harmonies work in tandem to give you this very dark sound that sometimes folk gets interpreted as sort of like kind of, I don't know, frolicking in this in a weird way. It's like yeah, a lot of yeah. strummy. Yeah. Probably, I think people either show, associate it with like, this land is your land or, or something like that, mm. which I understand is like a union, you know, yeah. has origins in union. But it's been sort of co-opted as a sing-along campfire type song. Yeah, And this draws to a much you know deeper and and you know some of these like uh track two is is the one that like when i heard that song i was like oh this is this is not what i was expecting which is 18 dogs which takes this perspective of like a uh like an isolationist in the woods who's (laughs) got his m16 anybody who comes out and messes with him he's gonna meet his dogs It reminded me of some of the darker, like Neil Young lyrics, having just done the Neil Young record for the '80s episode, um, like Powderfinger and and some of that stuff. Or even uh, in listening to, there's obviously a connection to the alternative country music uh, scene that was happening in the United States in the in the '90s. Listening to like some of the earlier first couple um, Uncle Tupelo records, there's some real like working class violence in those um in those albums that can be you know connected to this i was i really dug that because i'm not a huge folk fan i can't say that i'm you know throwing on folk records all that often so to hear it done in a way that's calling back to older sounds and and traditional sounds but also modernizing it in a lot of ways is a real interesting combination that um, I, I found myself intrigued by. So, Eric, tell me about uh, what works well for you on this record. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, I want to repeat that that idea about the lyrics. It's definitely a, in many ways, a darker record than, again, if you go into it and you start to hear the acoustic guitars and you hear the harmonizing, you might think that, oh, you know. I kind of know what to expect here. And then you get into the lyrical content, you know, with 18 dogs, with, um, with bareback, uh, you know, I think bareback, it's kind of talking about, uh, you know, basically prostitution. And, uh, I just think it's, it's much richer and deeper upon listening to it and really getting into it. It's the kind of album that, um, 
since I first heard it, I return to it often. And it's one of those albums that I think has uh, grown with me as I've moved from a 20-something year old to a 47-year-old. I can put that album on still to this day and find things in it. And I'm not needing it to be to, to one of the commenters' statements. I don't need necessarily for it to be broader in its instrumentation. I don't need it to be more expansive in its sound. It has a you know, a sound that is captivating, you know, all to its own right. And, um, and there's so much going on in it from song to song that, like I said, I just, I just, uh, find it revealing in many ways throughout, you know, the, the decades that I've listened to it. Yeah. I just, uh, I really think it's a beautiful record and, uh, and, and haunting. I'll be upfront. I haven't listened to, much folk so referencing like fairport convention and richard thompson i I probably know like one song by those artists are you familiar with some of the the influences that have been pointed out by both our patrons and i've i've read that you know like all music and stuff as well yeah no i i am you know i i uh richard thompson you know i probably own a couple of things um Fairport, I know more through the connection of discovering them, you know, through the broadening uh, interest in the British folk. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely in that vein. And those bands and those artists um, certainly also write in those genres and, and with that lyrical bent, you know, not everything is. So I think something you said earlier, you know, lightness and 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 uh happiness you know which is i think what a lot of people assume folk means uh but um yeah i I definitely have a familiarity with those other acts and some of them honestly i came to through uh the broadening interest in bands like hank dogs and then you know elsewhere gotcha i will say based on what jeremy said I, I like the amount of other instrumentation that happens. Like, I feel like it's the right amount of stuff. There's one song that has a little bit of piano. There's one song that has a little, uh, Sun Explodes has a nice little violin to counter um, his singing. The, the gentleman sings on that uh, song. sings on that one. Um, yeah. Reunion has a little bit of slide guitar at the end. And then there's I'm not sure if it's a harmonica or what it is, but there's there's that going on in parts of that song. Well, even the um, the Spanish horns that kick off bareback that comes, you know, that's the fourth song on the record. And when that kicks in, you know, it's almost shocking because you've kind of been used to the right. sound first three songs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I when that happened, I was like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> That but was that's a totally good unexpected. Yeah, oh yeah, I I I like that. I know uh, I know um, Jay doesn't like horns, so that probably irked him. But uh. <laughs> uh, I I I don't like uh, horns that just are there for, to be there. Gotcha. But they have a point, which in that song they do. Gotcha. Um, I also think, you know, we've listened to a lot of records. We've listened to a lot of guitar records. Hearing the quality of the finger picking going on 
is really something to like d- dig into. Like I'm an angel has some really amazing finger picking that's going on yeah. in that song. Getting drawn in. Why do I feel this way for you? Do I take you as a find you? Despite your reputation, I'm an angel by comparison. Getting drawn in. So much older. Those are the songs that work better for me. There's a couple of songs where it's sort of just like strummed chords. And that to me sounds like, well, any any band can be doing that. That's not where my interest lays with, with this band. This, this band's high points for me are when they're doing really nice harmonies and when they're doing some really intricate finger picking, finger picking because... To be honest, those are two things that most bands don't pull off, is is that level of guitarmanship, doing the harmonies well. So when they do that, that's that's like the sweet spot for me. Um, I didn't pick up. Maybe I need to listen a little closer, but I didn't really pick up a lot of. Was did you pick up clean guitar like clean electric Jay? I I didn't notice that. I thought maybe they're using like different strings like neil or nylon versus steel to get different sounds yeah i thought i heard some just like it could have been yeah just a different way of micing up the acoustic did you say that you saw them live eric yeah i saw them i believe it was twice at fez under the time cafe uh on lafayette street in 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 new york city you guys were you there you living in Manhattan? I, I know you mentioned. No, I grew up in I grew up in Buffalo, so I was on the other oh, side so, of the state. So stomping grounds. You meant the state? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I went. To, I actually went to see the CMJ Festival in '97, uh, but I didn't make it to that particular location. Um, okay. And it would have been before they were there. So were they all acoustic live, or did they play have an electric guitar live? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, you're asking me to go back, you know, 20 years. Um, yes, I, instantly I, recall that, please. Yes, I know. I. <laughs> It was just the three of them. They brought no other musicians with them, so it's not like they brought backing musicians to help them round out the sound in any way. Um, but I do not remember if Andy was switching between an electric on a couple of songs and, and an acoustic. I just honestly don't remember. That's right. Like In uh, Lucky Break, I heard a little bit of an electric, but it's more like leady kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So have are, are there songs over time? You mentioned that this is something that you pick up you know, on occasion, has has the album shifted in any way for you? Are there particular songs that you were drawn to at the start that have maybe worked their way in or out of favor uh, over time or different things that you've grown to appreciate about the album? 
Um, yeah, I, I was kind of trying to write down a few notes. I mean, the, I, I do agree. And I think the album, the, the one area of the album suffers for me is that it suffers from that CD, you know, that, and I know that CDs were already around for what, 10, 15 years before this album, but a lot of albums from that time period put way too much content on the CDs, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I do agree that 15 songs, you're like, Oh my God, this album's, you know, really long. But I, I did write down that of the first nine songs, like the first seven, I mean, seven of the first nine songs are just, to me, awesome. You know, I, I think I could probably skip track three, Let Go, and uh, track six, Daddy's Arms. But the other seven of those nine are just that, you know, they're just perfect, in, in my opinion. And um, as far as if, they, if it's shifted over time, I... I don't know. I mean, what captivated me about it, I think the thing that I feel fortunate with this record is that the same thing that captivated me then, you know, takes me back uh, instantly almost every time I put that album on. So I, I think if anything, to, maybe to answer your question, the, the two songs that Andy sings, I don't know that I appreciated those as much back in the day. And now they kind of... Um, they shift the album almost in the same way, you know, when I mentioned the Spanish horns in, in bareback, they, they shift the ground out from underneath the album in a way that's pleasing to hear. It almost takes you by surprise, you know, and, and it's a much peppier sound when his songs come on. You're gonna get it. Yeah, I think Take Back My Own Heart is, it's a nice shift. Right. It has a little more tempo. His voice helps. Right. It's just a different melodic uh, sense to it as well than the rest of the record. Can, can I make a, draw a weird comparison with that song? That song is to me like, like Van Halen ending with Happy Trails. It yeah. just comes out of nowhere and it just, you know, brightens up whatever mood the rest of the album may have, you know, tried to convey upon you. Yeah. It's like letting the, the sunlight in from an album that, that lyrically can be rather dark at times. Wow. I did not see us factoring in. Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> Come unless, on. Unless, uh, David Lee Ross bluegrass version of ain't talking about love was going to somehow make it into this discussion. I didn't think it was going to, I agree with you. I think that last song is like it adds a really interesting twist because it's like an up tempo shuffle. He, it's got his vocal, but then the whole group is singing together. There are some dynamics to that song, which because of that up tempo shuffle, you can kind of play with dynamics a little bit more. It has a really strong chorus melody and hook to that song, so it's like it leaves you on a complete, almost a completely different note than what the record is at. But it's it kind of works. Um, cause it's picked up little things from here and there, you know, from throughout the record. 
so Jay, what doesn't work for you on the album? I know um, Eric and others have mentioned the length. That's one thing that's definitely not working for me. But uh, sure, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go somewhere else. I I question the production of the record and what the band does well, what the what the concept is here. Um, I in a way it it works because it it doesn't sound like an American production like alt country it's not like produced like an alt country record it's not produced like most americana records it's not produced like it doesn't sound like muscle shoals or like any kind of traditional folk or american you know bluegrass or country or anything like that it sounds to me british i guess or european like in the amount of like how the acoustics are used, the reverb, the like space, it's very big sounding for an acoustic record. Mm-hmm. Um, I question that because to me, the power is in the lyrics and the, the vocal. And I think a lot of the, uh, the attack on all the guitars is very distracting to me with all the finger picking, which I, is great playing. But just when you're listening to it, I, I, I struggle to get through the layers and all of the like sibilance around the guitar picking and space. They're, they're panned really wide, you know, when you listen in headphones and they're very upfront. And I found myself fighting to get through that to really like connect with the vocal. Um, so I think what I, I struggle with more as much with the length is just the production choice um, and not quite sure if it's the right the right way to have produced this type of record. That's interesting. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I think you nailed it where I had a hard time with the vocal sometime, not because I didn't think that the melody wasn't strong, but I just couldn't focus on it because there was like, you know, a bunch of harmonics were happening in one ear. There's a lot of pop popping. Like it's just like, because you're hearing the finger pop in the string when they're finger picking. And it's mixed very loud. The guitars are very loud. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense now that you've you've uh, sussed that out for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would think about like maybe how this would have been produced, um, I, I was just saying an American studio at the time, or even now, you know, the instruments would be softer and pulled back. The vocal would be really upfront. You know. Um, you really flip this around it. I think it would sound very different. Right. Uh, it may not, it may lose some of its character and some of it's like, ha- like the way it haunts and it sounds a little mysterious. You may lose some of that. So I'm not saying for sure it would be a better approach. I just, the way it is right now, struggle to connect with some of the things that I think are more success, more successful about the, the album and the band. Um, namely the lyrics and the vocals. I agree with you because when, it, like, for example, 18 Dogs, I, f- I find that song really fascinating, but I had to look the lyrics up online to be able to pick up everything that she was saying. Yeah. Because just the way that she was singing with the music being loud compared to the vocal, like you're saying with, with the production, I didn't always n- know exactly what she was singing. So I actually had to go and go, oh, okay, that's what that's what the words are. Because that I, was the one I was like, did she just say M16? What is she saying? Yeah. 
But doesn't that leave you with a, an interesting feeling when you listen to it, though? I, I actually feel like that's one of the album's strengths is that it catches you and then you have to say, wait a second, what did I just hear there? You know, and yeah. it makes it that much more intriguing. I'm not to, to, to your point. I'm not sure that the power of the album would be what it is, at least in the way it affects me, if it were produced differently. True. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly a um, I think there would be some mystery that you could lose. You know, because you'd be going, I mean, literally going for a much more intimate production. You know, if you were to flip this around and just do it the way I'm describing, I mean, it becomes much more direct. And I don't, you're right, I don't know if that would serve overall. But the way it is right now, it's challenging, you know. Um, it it take, definitely takes some time to, um, you need to spend some time with it and get through the layers. Well, and I think the other thing that's challenging, is especially for, I'm not going to speak for you entirely but for me is that i don't listen to a lot of folk and this album is at sort of is is sort of in one gear and when i listen to a lot of other music there's a deliberate attempt to change gears you know you start with you know the typical like like the high fidelity you start out with the one song and then you raise the tempo and then you bring it back down you cool it down and there's a lot of that like playing with you know slow songs and fast songs and mid-tempo and that kind of stuff on albums and there's a deliberate attempt to 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 change things up on those records a lot of rock records and Mm -hmm. there's just by the nature of this genre of music there is no massive shift between songs so this i probably would have been less burned out if it had been 10 songs and I probably would have been able to focus more as opposed to 15 songs. Cause like at 10 songs, then you're probably at a vinyl record, two sides, you know, 20 minutes aside at this point at at 15 songs, I was like, okay, did we need that one minute long track 13? Like what was the point of that? That sort of thing. Like I started questioning where were, why were things happening? Why was this song five minutes? Why couldn't it be three minutes? That sort of thing. That's, and I think, I, I think that's just because I'm a novice when it comes to folk and especially very traditional folk. I'm not used to going through a record where I'm supposed to hone in. So, so specifically on lyrics because that's what's really driving the, the vocals and the lyrics really driving the songs. There's, you know, a couple, not all the songs, but a, a number of the songs have some really interesting, you know, finger picking and, and instrumentation going on. But some of them are, are pretty not challenging as far as the, the, the acoustic guitars. So they're, they're much more just strumming. So that's where I found myself like getting bogged down. Where I was like, I just, I just needed fewer tracks to focus on so that I could, really figure out what i liked about it and what i didn't so i i totally agree with you that that it, it should have a few you know a couple less tracks um on it from an album perspective but i will say that i am grateful that given that they only ever made two records that you know between those two records there's an amount of songs that create at least a little bit of a catalog you know if, if the album sure. had been 10 songs so you know 10 songs would certainly have served it in discussing it as a standalone album, it would have served it better. But as a band who only ever put out two records, I appreciate, you know, if I were to just put both albums on back to back and just listen to it as a catalog, I appreciate there's a, that there's a couple of more songs in existence, even though, you know, they probably would have been better off as a band 
chopping them up into maybe three albums. So it looks like Andy Allen was in a band before this called the Lightning Raiders, and then um, also another band called the Professionals, which was a punk rock band. I've so- heard of them. The Professionals are yeah, that they're they're kind of contemporaries of the late seventies punk scene. Am, am I right in that? I think so. I think there's actually some connection to the Sex Pistols with him. That might be in who else was in the professionals. Okay. I'm trying to re- I'm trying to remember or find that in that little detail that I had. Yeah, in fact that is what it is. Paul Cook was in the professionals. Steve okay. Jones, Steve, uh, Steve Jones was in the professionals. So that must have been after Sid Vicious died and the band was done. Yeah. Seventy nine to eighty two. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think we really need to go deep on why didn't this do well in terms of radio or, or commercial in 1999. I'm trying to just fathom how this would, I mean, this would be on like college radio. Like you mentioned CMJ, they would, this would be something that CMJ would be interested in and would get pushed. But this is, I mean, you're talking about mainstream radio is pushing like Britney Spears and corn and Creed and, (laughs) Right. There's no there's no room for this in any right. any way, shape or form. Maybe NPR would be like the only place this would be getting any sort of play. I don't I don't know. If they, if they had lasted as a band for longer, I think that that would have been exactly where they would have found their audience, you know. Right. I mean, these were on this was on Hannibal Records, which was actually the producer Joe Boyd, that was his record label was distributed by Disc, and then their second record was spin art which was the uh one of those like early labels that started doing like online stuff which they had a they put out a ton of different things but they went down pretty quick let's talk about overall ratings on this record we did get some votes it was a split at worthy album and better ep on patreon so let's see where we end up jay Worthy album, better EP, or decent single? I have an EP, uh, 18 Dogs, I like a lot. Bareback, I like a lot. Both songs, actually 18 Dogs sounds to me a lot like um, Lindsey Buckingham or Fleetwood Mac. She didn't, group we did not bring up. Mm. I like Sun Explodes, The Sea, and I like Take Back My Own Heart. Uh, To me, it's the most like Paul Simon-ish tune on here. Maybe more of his solo stuff. So yeah, I'm at a I'm at a solid EP. Wow, we're at different songs. That's interesting. So I do yeah. I agree with you on 18 Dogs and Take Back My Own Heart as far as going for an EP. I like the intro song Lucky Break. I like Let Go. I like Quality Time and Thought Messages. So I'm at a six song EP would be my choice for this. Eric. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna bet worthy album. Is there anything you would yeah, trim? Yeah, but, but I will say, so So, what in your criteria for EP, how many songs make up an EP? Oh. Three. <laughs> I would Wait, say what? Th- you have to have a minimum of three songs for an EP. Like a single is like a, is like a 45, right, right, a and a B-side. Right. What's your max for calling it an EP? Mm, oh, man. This is going to take a while. Well, <laughs> we go by... S- I could, I could, so I guess my point is I could put together a 10-song album. Yep. But whether or not you would call that an EP or not, I'm not sure. No, no. I would say we, if you can do two 20 minute sides, like a like a 70s album, right? That's probably that's you could do 40 minutes of music. And that's an album, right? And I'm I'm giving you a hard time because I think Tim and I have have uh, that's been our 
fourth option many times. Right. Is, is a 70s album. Right, right. Right. You should, you should enter that as a criteria. That <laughs> does work, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, and it's funny because I do agree that, that my – uh, my selection is is somewhat the same, but like I I really don't have an affinity for Let Go, but I could do easily you know Lucky Break, Eighteen Dogs, Bareback, I'm an Angel, Quality Time, One from Your Head, Thought Messages, and then I would jump to the two Andy songs, Sun Explodes and Take Back uh, My Own Heart, and maybe throw in The Sea, and that would be a ten ten song album. And nice. if we had started with that, I'd be curious to see if our reactions were the same because i wonder if that, if, was, the re- if that if, was the record we were that was the record record and if i yeah. if i didn't feel if i felt like i got through it quickly and i went oh i want to go back and check that out again as a as opposed to this record where I, I would listen to it and i'd be like i gotta listen to something else i gotta like cleanse my palate and start with something else i don't yeah. want to like immediately go back to that because it was 15 songs and i was like i'm a little worn out oh. so right not you know, not to say that the, mu- the music is of poor quality. It's just it was a lot to ingest at once, and I had to kind of think about it. So, two EPs and a worthy album for Bareback by the Hank Dogs. Um, Eric, thanks so much for joining us for this and, and picking this record. I already have my next ones lined up, so I'll I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in. Nice, <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Um, I want to. You don't remind... think you're going to change it? <laughs> What's that? No ch- Do you want to tell us now in case you change it? Oh, I would. Why? Well, you know, there's no easy way to check. You don't have a master list of all the albums that you've done, have you? Like, yeah, you uh, it's on the website. I to just kind of scroll through all the postings of the, but there's no like just page on page. Yeah, if you, where. If you go to the website and just go to the album uh, episode, or, I'm sorry, album reviews, you yeah. can page through them. Right, but I mean, it's not like you just have a listing, correct? No, it's like pictures and. So I think yeah. you have yet to do "In the Airplane Over the Sea" by Neutral Milk Hotel, correct? Correct. It's been in some polls, but it's lost. That is one of my top three desert island discs of all time, and I've seen that band easily eight times in concert. Oh wow. Twice before they broke up, you know, so yay for me. But uh, <laughs> but then I saw them five or six times when they did the reunion tour a couple years ago. So I would that would be my number one pick. And uh, and then second, believe it or not, other end of the spectrum, I would do Sound of Perseverance by Death. That is the other end of the spectrum, literally. So, <laughs> wow. Well, I was going to mention that the, when you were talking about bareback being kind of a similar sound and then even where the vocals were somewhat obscured by the playing, I was going to say, but isn't that what some of the best black metal is like? So uh, I, I am kind of all over the spectrum, guys. <laughs> Good. That's all right. So <laughs> are what we. this show's about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But those would be so certainly Neutral Milk Hotel and then Death. So keep it up so I can get both of those in at some point. Oh, we're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Good. We're contractually Good. obligated through uh, 2030. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks not only for uh, you know joining us, but also for supporting the podcast. Of we, course. We could not be doing it without you. So uh, with uh, also without all the other people at Patreon who uh, helped this thing go, uh, like I mentioned at the top, we had some new uh, subscribers, and uh, you can join us by 
going to dmounion.com to um, support the podcast, join the union, get some cool stuff, make your voice heard. And, of course, you can help us out by leaving positive feedback over at iTunes. Jay, I received an email earlier today that said we are number 1,300 <laughs> in the podcast rankings somewhere. So somewhere. all this work is paying off. What does somewhere mean? I don't know. It was it was somebody somebody saying something about, uh, you know, hey, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, number 1,300 on the Apple Podcasts music chart. So, oh, okay. There you go. That's the only. Honestly, that's the only list that can, that actually matters. <laughs> and you know how you get ranked higher? Reviews. Don't give us a review. Reviews. Yep. Help us move into the into the three digits. We want to get out of the four digits and into three digits. I, I guarantee the top thousand are all like EDM. EDM. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're gonna we're gonna change the name of the podcast to Dig Me Out EDM. I know. Just to fool people into listening to it. And if you, yeah, just put a segment in the middle of a good like thirty minutes of just. Well, you have electronic music project. Just insert your some of your own music and okay. in the middle of, it and just call it EDM podcast. And I guarantee our rankings will go up. <laughs> Perfect. I you didn't love... hear the during bareback. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Here's my EDM remix of uh, Daddy's Arms. For those of you who actually care about the episode, skip to 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Thank you. Thank you. All right. For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com. The blink of an eyelid, a kiss in a crowded room, it's your life, do as you please, go crazy. Caution.